That L Word Podcast. Do you need the leadership work? Can you even love? A podcast about leadership and everything that people are afraid to say out loud. Do you love yourself? Because if you ain't leading yourself, how can you lead a multi-million dollar corporation? <laughs> it's crazy, man. I, you know, you, I know you've talked about how we sat down and I always wanted to do something with others. Like, and, and I would say others, like, I like the team aspect. And so when we, you was like, when one, when you, I'm full transparency, when you said, hey, I would love to do a podcast with you, Morgan, I was like, I was almost like, um, I was amazed. I was, no, I, I, I'm amazed? telling you, I'm just telling you my honest, because I, you're, you're not only my friend, but you're my mentor. Like, I, I put you at a very high, I don't listen to everybody. Let's put it that way. I don't listen to everyone. My wife would tell you to say, <laughs> right? I don't listen to everybody, right? You have to be doing the same type of work I'm doing with myself, not in general, for me to actually hear what you have to say and bring value to my life. And I think that's why we have such great conversations yeah. because I hold you in that same regard. You know, you say stuff to me yeah. or in our conversations that, you know, just are kind of that, oh, wow, what just happened? Yeah. And and when we were, you know, I don't want to keep revisiting this every podcast, but when we were sitting there eating our burritos, <laughs> it's, it's, and it was like it means oh. something though because it was a it was it was a pivotal moment. It was, yeah. it was, you know, and and um, hopefully people are gonna feel that energy and also, you know, get the same thing out of it and want to have these discussions. Will. I think they will, and that's why today we're going to just the lessons learned from leadership, right? And that's this is one lesson. Because before, you know, because you've been in, you was in the military way longer than me and at a, at a way higher position than I've ever actually wanted to be a part of, right? And uh, you get that sense of like, like, what can I teach him? But what I've learned is I can teach everybody something. Like, that's one of the lessons that I've learned, right? And, I, and it's crazy how you've done so much where you still don't, you don't think you've done anything. You know, and because and I say that because we have this imposter syndrome. We don't think we're enough. We don't think we're we know enough. We've done enough. But like I had a friend tell me one time uh, he was a surfer. Yeah, <laughs> he's a surfer. He must be cool. Cali. Yeah. Right. He, and surfer. And he rode bikes and, and stuff like Perfect. that. Right. And he told me, he said, it doesn't matter who you are. All you need to know is a little bit more than the next person. Right. Then they then you that's how they bring value to you. But that's how you bring value to them, right? You don't have to know this, 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 this huge amount of information. You don't have to been have this super degree. It's like your life experiences in itself are teaching moments that are different than others, and they can learn from those. I always go back to you know, <clears throat> you're the average of the two to three people you spend the most time around. Mm. And to me, <clears throat> learning and leadership and and just in life in general it's it's almost um what do they call it symbiotic right mm -hmm. where yes. you know in sense, other, that's yeah. right so just as much as as you may learn from me i'm learning from you and that if you surround yourself with those types of people where you're going both ways that's that's the best thing ever because you're constantly you're just you know what do they say a high tide rises all ships or something like that like okay. you're building each other up basically right. You know, you're making me better, I'm making you better. You're making me better, I'm making you better. And if you can surround yourself with those kinds of people, then... Well, let's it, talk about that, then. Let's talk about... 
Because that's hard, right? Yeah. Like as we talk about the lessons learned, because I had this thing called the three P's. Uh people, procrastination, persistence, right? People's always first. Okay. People's always first, right? Because if you look at it, the reason I'm probably sitting here with you today is because in high school, I changed the group of people that I was around. No lie. I'm going to tell you right up. Or I'd be probably dead or in jail. Like, that's just the the Because you were the group. average of the initial group. Correct. And then you changed to a different Correct. group. Correct. I changed yeah. to a different group. And, but, if you look at society and you look at the workspace, you look at everybody, people, that's the, that's the hardest thing for somebody to do is to shift the people that actually are in their lives. Uh, Will Smith also said, he, he said this on like a, I think a YouTube post where it says, look at your phone. Look at the the, the last, I think it's five people that, that you've texted, yeah. right? Decide, are they bringing value to your life or are they sucking life from you, right? And um, back those days, if I look back at it, like, honesty, no one was bringing value to my life. I was just existing. Right. And even where we get into the workplace, we get into um, as we want to grow as leaders. We like I want to be a better leader, but we still saying with the people that are okay with being stagnant, they get stuck. My dad used to tell me, if you want to be better, you got to play with people that are better than you. Yeah. And (laughs) if you're surrounding yourself and, and using the example that we were talking about, that symbiotic relationship. If if I make you better. Because I've said something that inspired you. Right. Now you're better than me. Right? So, um, and it's not that it's a competition. I don't mean that to sound in a competitive way. No. But you've got. So well, they then, say iron shoppers iron. That's right. So then I'm yeah, learning yeah. from you. And then maybe I've learned something. So now, again, that's, that's where we're both like pushing each other up. As opposed to somebody who is hanging out or with people that are static. Or don't want to. They don't want to be better humans. That's really what it comes down to. I know we're talking about leadership, but no, the hum- fundamental aspect are, of being leaders a good leader, are human, so that's a good. You've got to be a good human first before you can be a good leader. Yes, that's that was some. Uh, I would call that ghetto Buddha knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have to. I think it's it's the very it's the very thing in every aspect of life. You if you don't, oh my god, if you change. And you focus on you, everything else will shift. But we're not willing. Like, and so that's that piece, right? As we talk about um people, right? Changing the environment. Uh, one of the lessons that I've learned is like when you win, sometimes when you're in a group of people, you're not focused on what you need. You're not focused on making yourself better. You're letting your ego decide, like, I need to do what they like. Well, they have this. I need to. I need to try to get this too, right? And you don't. You almost like um, you're smothered with things that are not genuine to to the path that you're uh, meant to be on. Are you talking about from an external perspective, Correct. where people are saying you need to do X, Y, Z? Right, and they might not even be saying it, but they just might be portraying that this is how it should be done. I have this vision, you know, and I've you've probably heard this before of put your mask on before you put the other person's. The, the so when you're in an airplane, right? Correct. Correct. And it. If you're thinking about it from an external perspective, if if I'm a parent sitting next to my child and there's a problem with the plane and the masks drop, my initial gut reaction is to put my 
the mask on my child first, because if not, everybody's going to think I'm a selfish and bad person because I care more about myself than the kid. Right. But if I don't put my own mask on first, you're going to pass out. I'm going to pass out. <laughs> and then we're both going to die. We all go die. That's right. You're right. We all go damn die, man. And, and that's, that's, that's that self care. You have to understand yourself before you can even begin to start leading others or doing things like that. We, and that's, there's that fine line where you talk about lessons. You know, another lesson is we, we're so focused on how people view us. It's ego. It is e- ego. ego. I think ego is going to pop up in every, <laughs> yeah, yeah, every episode. Because it is, though. Like, we're so worried about what other people want what they have what what they say we should have and who we say who they say we should be and and really we go through life not knowing who we are right you don't know how can you know the how can you be the leader that you say you should you want to become with nothing in up to this point you've lived you haven't lived that right and i think that's the that's the that's so hard man it's it's we get so stuck into society's norms and the moment that we're, that we challenge them, the hammers dropped on us. And then we get scared. We go back into our hole and say, guess what? I'm gonna do it like you guys anyway. Right. And I believe the lesson there is if you're focused about, if you're focused on how, People are perceiving you in a negative sense, or they you because they're that you're not being who they say you should be and have to be, and you're not comfortable with that. Then you're not setting the example needed to be effective, right? Because there has to be a certain amount of uh, it's a hard word. I will defiance from society, like to be if you if you look at strong leaders, man, they they not like everybody else. They, they they strive not to be actually. They they want to be different because their vision, their view of what's what needs to happen, others may not be able to see. I think those types of people, they don't should all over themselves. Mm. I should this, I should that, I should care. They do what's right because they believe right. that that's the right thing to do, not because they should be doing something. And when you gain that level of self-confidence and awareness to do what what is right or even to be able to admit when something's wrong and learn from it and move forward that's where that's where you're going to make gains as a leader because you get sucked up in in the wrong crowd and you be making the and that's that part goes back to the people right it it um you're around people that are not bringing you value and if you get if you're in a bad group is in general right and you or they're teaching you their values, then you're going to be putting off those bad values. But if you can level up, as they call it, right, level up and have somebody that next level up from you or where you want to actually go, then they're going to bring value to you. Hence, going to give you things to grow, helping you grow your team and your organization, right? And I think that's where um, people people don't I don't think people understand that, right? There's it's like a domino effect. Like you can't have one. Like we talk about ego all the time. We talk about love all the time. We talk about influence all the time. We talk about teamwork. Like they all go hand in hand, and they all have their different lessons, right? But how often are we able to step back and just actually see them? 
And just be. And just be. Be present, right? Not, not worry about what you've done wrong up to this point. Not worry about what you need to do, but like, what are you doing right now? And also, I would add, remove that mm. competitive aspect of it. People get into this competitive mindset, and whether it's my team is outperforming yours, or whether it's I'm better than you are. And that's also a part of that ego. Mm. I asked a question one time of a group that I was speaking to, said, if you have something really important that has to be done right now, and this was a group of leaders, how would you go about doing that? And, and this, this person raised their hand, and they said, if I had time, I would let the team do it. But if I didn't, I would do it myself. That's what I was thinking. As I, if it's some super, the big boss asks for something, what you going to do? You could pass it to somebody else, or you can do it yourself. I'm a delegator. Like I, I know where my strength is, right? I can manage the heck out of like and move pieces. Um, but most people take it in because fear. because of their ego and the their ego fear, fear yeah. and the that competitive nature of I'm the leader, so I'm automatically better than you are. When the reality, and I said this to that person, Damn. shouldn't it be the opposite? That's if a, you're that's a hard truth right there, bro. It is. And if you're time constrained, <laughs> think about that. If you're again playing a sport. What's more effective, a team or one person? If you were playing five on one, chances of you winning are slim. So if you've got totally suck, (laughs) right? So that yeah. So then why would you why would you put that on you know whatever project is due or something? That to me was one of the biggest shifts as leaders is getting out of that, getting to the I call it warming up for the opera, getting away from me me me, and getting into them allowing them to do everything and grow. And then again, you're just, you know, I say it a thousand times, right? Building space. You're building space for them to be amazing. And another story pops to my mind. I was visiting, uh, this is when I was in the military, I was visiting a unit on the West Coast. Okay. And I walked in, and it was one of my best friends who was the leader of that group of of people. And I spent some time out front talking to everybody and and all that kind of stuff. And and then I go back and I sit in the office with, with this person and I say, Man, your team is amazing, and they're crushing it. And the first thing that person did was sat back and said, it's not me, it's them, right? Like, giving them all the credit, which was good. And I, I do find a lot of leaders fall into that also because it's this it's ego speaking in that. Ego speaks in that way, too. Oh, yeah. I suppose to say that. That's right. <laughs> I should be saying yeah. it's not me. Yeah, and yeah. I said so they him, can So they can give me this marking on my evaluation that I did this and didn't take the credit. That's right. It's a fine line, man. And I said to that person, I said, I'm not going to disagree that your people are amazing, but you've built a space for them to be amazing. That put him back on his heels. He's like, okay, I'll take that. Because we don't, we don't, (laughs) it's, 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 there's so, that's the thing We, we can talk about. Ego has a positive thing. Ego has negative. That's doubt right. has positive. Doubt has negative, right? Leadership is positive. There's things we do positive that also can be perceived as negative, right? It's, it's I think it's too much of any any direction is what's not, you know, it's trying to find where you or find harmony, right? That the where, we, where things that symbiote type thing we were talking about uh, before. But that's not something, it's not, it's, it's more taught that we should say it's them, not me. So when you're telling them something, they just like I like when I'm sitting here talking to you or talking to, to anyone else, and I learn something, and I'm like, 
it's okay for me to feel. It's okay for me not to know. It's okay for me to say, thank you. That took a while. My, my <laughs> big lesson or the thing that took a while for me to, to get comfortable with was accepting compliments. I was the worst person. Yes, I remember those In days. saying, no, 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 it's not me. No, I didn't do that. Instead of just taking a breath and saying thank you and, and accepting that. So hard. Because you, you think that if you say thank you, then it's ego-driven. That's right. Right? And you're not humble, right? And nobody but, likes... Uh, but if you always say it, then now you, you, you don't, you're not, you're not pro- providing value to yourself, right? Because, like you said, they needed him, he needed them. Same thing. You know what I mean? But what what you <laughs> I'm gonna go back and I don't want to get too far away from this. When you say just <laughs> I hope everybody listening, when I say this, just because you a leader don't make you the smartest person in the room. In fact, you shouldn't be. <laughs> Lord Les Brown said this. He's like, I ain't got no college degree, but everybody that works for me does. I was like, okay, I hear you. Cause that's how can you, you can't get, you can't grow. And like that, that's a bit, I, I wanted to go back to that because just be, what I hear, oh, I was a young Marine and he said, don't confuse, don't confuse your billet with my authority. 40. That's a classic. <laughs> that one is classic. I was, right. Like an authority, when you, when you look at the billet or, you know, an authority, I think it's more of a knowledge-based thing, right, uh, when you look at it deeper. Uh, but, like, you get so many people that's like, like if you, you have to, you think you know everything. Like, you think that that just because you have a degree or this, that doesn't, we talked about this, doesn't make you smart. I work with attorneys. I right. work with attorneys. Hello, attorneys, all y'all ain't smart, right? I'm just going to be honest with you. It's okay. Somebody there has to be the middle. There has to be the back end because that's the only way the front gonna gonna succeed, right? You have to. And then how are you others gonna grow to be that? Like there has to be markers for everything. It, it's just just the way it is. Um, I, I think the other thing there, Morgan, is is realizing mm-hmm. that not everybody's necessarily wants to be a leader. Mm-hmm. I've. What do they want to be? Then? They they enjoy the individual contribution piece of being in the team. And it's okay to admit that and accept that. And one of the biggest mistakes I see some leaders making is automatically, and this is, again, ego-driven, automatically assuming everybody on their team wants to be where they are. When the reality is, and I, I work with a, uh, a big video game. You're right, because I, I, that next position I didn't want. So I'm good. You can have it. They're like, no, you, I know you want it. You're going to, bro, I do not want it. Exactly. <laughs> and so you're, if you do that, you're honestly – you're actually like taking away that person's ability to make decisions for themselves. And you're putting something on them that they don't necessarily want. You can't make those decisions. Some people don't want to be responsible for other people in a professional setting. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. No and so problem. that is a huge leadership lesson learned. And I see this all the way at the executive level when it kind of blows their mind that, you know, Bob or Sue or whoever don't want to move into a leadership position or a they held it against them. They hold it against them sometimes. Instead of just saying, "Okay, well, what can I do to support you being the best individual contributor that you are?" And so, this video game company that I work with, 
there's a lot of these super, super smart engineers and, you know, creating all that stuff. And as some of them move into leadership positions, they really struggle with mm-hmm. leading yeah. people. Because they're creative. They're, they're creative or yeah. their engineer brain with yeah. a very binary. Right. And this works because this works this way. That's right. And when somebody comes in and says, you know, I'm, what, when they have people problems, feelings, feelings, <laughs> don't nobody want to talk yeah, about these feelings. feelings. No, it's like, uh, it's like having teenagers. They, they like, well, that didn't make sense. Oh, it does. You just, you just only see it in two. It's, it's only binary to you is either they should or they shouldn't. But the, the, but the middle part is, is like, it's a maybe. Right. Right. <laughs> maybe. And you don't, and the problem that the teenagers have is that maybe you don't have enough knowledge to even understand what direction to go. Right. Right. To prepare for the, either side. <laughs> yeah. Accepting people, you know, talking about leadership lessons learned that not everybody wants, and, and that goes down to motivation. Learning how and what motivates people is a very significant leadership lesson. Somebody might not want mm-hmm. to move into that leadership position. Somebody might want time off more than public accolades for a job well done. You learning about your people and understanding what motivates them is going to make you a better leader. Because if you don't know what motivates them, how are you going to influence them right. to do what it is that they need to do? You're not. You're not because you, you, don't, you don't have your, what they call it, your, uh, your finger on the pulse. And that goes both ways. And I'll, I'll share a C story that I've shared a thousand times. Uh, do we have time? I think we do. So, <laughs> Well, how long is this going to be? Dang. Well, it might be a couple minutes, so bear with me. <laughs> this is a, a leadership lesson learned from my six-year-old daughter that I applied in a combat situation. Okay, now I really want to hear it. Right. <laughs> so my daughter loves to read. My whole family reads a ton. And when she was young, we caught her one night reading under the covers after she was supposed to be asleep. So, you know, she we, was, she, you caught her. Yeah. How, how are you catching a kid reading? That's well, not because we went up to That's get like her. saying the dentist was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so she was sneak reading. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we told her, you know, hey, it's bedtime, Such whatever. Next night, it's a high quality problem. And I will admit that freely. <laughs> but the next night, same thing. She was doing it again. So now we've got to apply some kind of, you know, discipline. Wow. I can't believe y'all. So we said, okay, we're going to take away, I don't know, her little Game Boy or whatever it was. Right, right. She didn't care. Third night, she's reading again. So we took away the TV. I so love this. <laughs> Fourth night. So the TV didn't work. The, the video game didn't work. She could read. She didn't either one of them. Well, fourth night, my wife and I are scratching our heads. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I, I thought to myself, what is motivating this behavior? And it was that she wanted to read. So I went up and I grabbed the bookshelf. She had a little bookshelf with all her books. No, you didn't. Took them out of the room. Oh, look at this. This is crap. You, you would have. Or you would have. You need to go to Child Protective Services. You would have thought I shot the dog. She was bawling. She lost and her mind. Immediately fell in line with, like, okay. Right? So you the point in that part of the story is that Jeez. I found out what motivated her to get the, to, get, to influence her to, to behave the way we needed. So now fast forward, I think we were in Afghanistan, and one of the guys um, had, had gone back. So this other guy, who was a close friend of mine, was moved into a leadership position, like an assistant leadership position within his team. One of the other guys, who was of equal rank, didn't like that and thought he should have been the one in that position. So 
he was kind of challenging him and saying, I'm not going to, I'm not going to listen to you. Right. So this guy comes to me that my friend and says, I don't know what to do. I think I'm going to have to fight him because these are like back in the days when that's how stuff was handled. As we had to go to the ring. And I said, okay, okay. And you know, he told me the whole deal and all that. And I said, well, um, if you fight him, who do you think is going to win? He said, honestly, I don't know. Now I've talked to him about this story and he said, no, I told you he would have won. And I said, I don't remember it that way, but it was a toss up because both these dudes are tough guys. And I said, all right, so if, if you win, are you still going to be in that leadership position? And he said, yeah. And I said, if he wins the fight, are you still going to be in that leadership position? And he said, yeah. I said, so what's the fight going to solve? Nothing. And I asked him the question, what motivates him? And he's like, I don't know. So I shared with him the story about my daughter reading under the covers. I said, now what motivates him? And he had this light bulb moment where he says, because I asked him, what's the one thing everybody, you know, here wants? And of course, it's to, when we go out and do our business to, to be a part of that. Nobody yeah. wants to be left behind. Yeah. And he said, I'm going to bench him. I said, there's your answer. Because if he's telling you, I'm not going to listen to you, then how can you get outside of the wire? And put the bride, and put the, the, That's yeah. right. So he went to his actual team leader and said, hey, here's what's going on. Here's the plan. Here's what I'm going to do. Team leader said, that sounds like a great option. So this guy went to the other guy and said, hey, man, I'm going to bench you because I, you're telling me you're not going to listen. I can't trust you. Problem solved. Didn't have to bench him. The guy's like, you win. So Flex. it's all about <laughs> it's all about finding that motivation, though. You've got to find out what drives people. Yeah. And I think it's, it's more it's a beneficial as to that, especially that story is like, it's not that you're trying to discipline them. You're just trying to find the things where they re, that they respect enough so they can understand how serious this is. And the fact that <clears throat> it's showing that that guy knows enough about the other guy, right? Mm. He knows what's important to him. Again, we're getting back to people now. Right. I know what's important to you. And that's what I'm going to leverage one way or the other. In this case, it was more in a negative sense to leverage what motivated him to get him to react the way he needed to. But you can also use that in a positive way. We never challenged him again? Never again. Dang. I would love to talk to him. We might have had him over here. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what it comes down. It's like the lessons are learned, right, through the challenges. Absolutely. And both of those guys at the time were young and, you know, super tough guys. And so it was the maturation process in their leadership right. was still young. So the initial reaction for both of them was, we got to fight it out. That's how we're going to solve yeah. this. As we bring up, like, we, we talk about <clears throat> the youth, right, or the age, or like, and we not only, it's not only in, in a, the age of the number, right? We talk about the maturity within the billet yep. or within the responsibility that you're in. And a lot of people get that misconstrued, like, I just want to be in this area. But, like, I, I remember so many times where I wanted a promotion. Right. And people kept saying, you're not ready. You're not ready. I'm like, I said I want it. So, yes, I am ready. And for 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 me, it was just like I needed to I need to. This is exactly what I thought. I need to be in charge of people, period. Right. They were seeing I wasn't ready to to influence people. I wasn't ready to make decisions. I wasn't, you know, able to to find out what makes them tick. I didn't have that. I didn't have that skill yet. Right. And so over time, as I developed that, I started to learn that just because 
we think we're ready for something and we want something, like the guy, don't mean we're ready for it. Because if he was really ready for it, guess what? He could have stepped back and said, I understand what you need to do, and I support you in that. And when it's my time, I hope I get the exact same thing, right? And being able to look look within and doing the hard thing and saying, like, right now, I am going to be in a support role instead of being in the role. Because for him, it came down to the competitive mm-hmm. aspect. It came down to ego. Right. And it came down to should. I should be the one in charge, not you. Yeah. yeah and if you, if you ever had to say that, like if you ever had to say you should be in charge, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be because obviously you're, you're not doing something correctly where people feel like you're ready for that responsibility. Because you're more concerned about yourself than the team. Mm-hmm. The person who was actually in charge of the whole team picked the one guy because he was the best person for the team. The other guy's ego was playing into it and thinking, I'm better for the team. Right. It's like, pick, like picking a team captain. It's not that, you, that you're the best person. If you listen to, like, even when Michael Jordan or uh, Kobe Bryant, when you start looking at these, these teams or um, LeBron now, we talk about you know, sports. It's not that they are just the best players. They bring people together, right? That's it's a whole and they when they and they and and not only and you hear you hear those same people tell stories about those people. They they say like when it came to practice, they didn't you know when we when I used to see Kobe, he didn't just practice. He was there like four or five hours before we got there, and right and so he was creating that environment for them, and and that's what. That's that's what leaders do, right? That that's they are able to bring people together, see the you know uh, what motivates them and what directions to go, and and, and if you use with knowing their capabilities, right? And that's how you build a, a better team. That's how you build a stronger organization. That's how you continue to build your own leadership skills, right? And I, it that's the that's a hard one. It's just I know we talked uh, I think it was a later episode where we talked about. Uh, ego and you know when I was um, connecting people together, right, and really not focusing on you. Like why? And so I want to kind of dive deeper into that. Like, what if 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 you're not focusing on you? Like, what are you focusing on? Like, absolutely. And the thing I was just thinking about is, and something I've said to to people leaders. What are they paying for? What are they paying you for at this point? And it's one of the transitions people make as they broaden their scope of leadership mm-hmm. because they, they still want to be the, the contributor. They still want to be the smartest about whatever it is they're working on. Right. It doesn't matter the industry. Right. But that's not what they they're paying the for They want to be the authority. They want to be the seen as authority. And, and you said it a second mm-hmm. ago when you were talking about the, they might not be the best player, but they bring everybody together. To make the best team. To make the best team. Right. And that's what leaders do. Once you answer the question of what are they paying me for, they're paying me to bring this team together, not to be the best player. And with those engineers, you know, who want to be the best at creating stuff, mm-hmm. one of the things I've asked some of them to do is shift that focus into becoming the best leader, learning as much about leadership as you have about coding or doing whatever right. the stuff they do to mm-hmm. make the magic happen on the computers, right? And when you put it in that context, sometimes it opens people's eyes because they realize, wow, I'm being paid now for my soft skills for building the team that can create the thing instead of for me being a part of the team that creates the thing. Yeah, because with, I mean, being a leader, with, with being in, in, in any role of leadership, there, like the more diverse you are 
and effective in adversity, <laughs> um, the the more you become an asset instead of a liability. Um, I, I think that it's, it's a lot of people that we get so uh, one-sided or single-minded and we get like so laser focused on the mission, right? The mission, the the product, the this the deadline, this has to be this. And we have developed, we, we've went to, we've learned our whole lives. We've, we've been in the school for umpteen years just to do this one thing, to be the engineer, to do, you know, fabric or whatever, whatever it is, it can, to be the tech, you know, and we forget about the other aspects of being a human being, uh, other aspects of being a leader. And we don't spend enough time developing those skills, right? We talk about them. We, there's nuances of them throughout our lives, but just like in a business sense, like I, the greatest, some of the greatest advice I've ever heard was like, you know, oh, you want to be a coach? Great. Well, you need to be, you need to become a marketing agency, right? Because no one can hire you if they don't know who you are. And but if you don't understand that concept, how can I talk to people? How can I constantly be presenting myself in a manner where? I am preparing myself to be higher or wanting to be higher, right? And so there's so many people that out there, they're just doing that thing, right? Um, and they want to, or they want to start their own business and they're just doing that thing. But there's so many other aspects that you need to become an expert in to be effective holistically. And I think we missed that. Uh, I missed it a whole lot. And we're like, why are you so good at social media? You're a coach. Because if don't nobody know me, nobody can hire me. I have to be good at telling people who I am and what I'm capable of. And if I can't share that, who's going to know that I exist? And that's a great example of you leading yourself. <clears throat> the flip side of that would be if you had a team. Right. And say, okay, I know Jody's really awesome at marketing. And I know Josh is good at editing stuff. That's the difference. And, and leadership comes in all forms. Right. Right. So you're <laughs> showing to me a great example of leading yourself. Saying, all right, I have to, I'm a solo preneur, right? Mm -hmm. I have to proportion all these different things that need to be done. How am I going to divvy that up right. to myself as a team? And what you were talking about earlier, as far as people getting focused on the mission, right? one of the things that popped into my head is one of the, a lot of leaders fail to realize that the mission is, is not an endpoint. It's a mile marker in an ever- Everlasting journey. Yeah. Infinite. So, that's right. So right. getting this team to this mission and thinking that's it, if you're not being finite, yeah, yeah. It would be like a coach saying yeah. we've got to win this one game, not realizing there's a whole season of games. There's a difference between building a team that can complete one mission and building a team that can continue to grow to meet every mission. I mean, it's that it's that analogy I use is like, okay, you could be ground level or you could be at thirty thousand feet. Like when you when and I and that's that's the hard thing that um, I, another lesson <laughs> that I have learned is like when we're young, like especially you know as we were young, we didn't get to go into meetings, we didn't get to have the meetings, right? Yeah. I'm so wish we didn't have those now, but <laughs> but we didn't have the meetings, and we were always wondering what was going on, right? And and people above us were making decisions that we didn't get, we didn't understand. But what I started to learn over time is that. I don't need to un what I what I need to understand is that the one there will there will come a time that that it will happen, but everything has a reason for it, right? And so it's like, oh, you got to do this, and then you're like, man, I don't want to do that. Why I got to do this? This is stupid. 
but there's so many other aspects of the whole corporation or company or, or environment that it, it will affect if you do it a different way. Cause all you see is you like it's and like you said to me, but even I understand like, okay, how I portray myself is going to affect the masses, right? How, how I act is going to, if I motivate somebody for, or for our, or knock somebody down, like I gotta be a certain way. And so we get so deep into that sometimes that we like, we, we don't understand why this, that, that, one of our leaders or, or, or our organization says, we need to do it just like this. And we say, well, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't have no idea. They never, but they, people have been, we've been there before, but there's a different, what I've learned is there's a different level of decision-making and that, that, that affects more than just me. It affects everybody else. And uh, I think that's the hardest thing for a lot of lower level leaders to like to accept. It's like, well, that this is hurting me. But is it hurting you as an individual because you don't like it, or is as a company, right? Um, is it is it is it more beneficial? And I think you can look at it in both both kind of both scenarios. If if we are able to be more open to understanding what we don't know, right, then we'll see things that we don't understand. And I think there's a certain amount of leadership that hoards communication, hoards information. There's that piece too, yeah. And, you know, the... the Needs to know basis type th thing. That's right. So yeah. cultures were, that are more toxic, as you peel the onion back, you start to realize that the people behind the closed doors are not sharing enough information so that everybody's comfortable. For the corporate climate of that area is just... Admittedly, yeah. there are things that go on yeah. behind those doors that not everybody needs to know. But everybody does need to know which direction we're going, why we're doing it. The intent. Yeah. The intent, that's yeah. right. And so if those things are not being shared, then you're going to have disgruntled team members that are not performing at their best. And the question I would have for you is, if you think back, I can think on my own, if I'm thinking back to the best cultural or team environments I've had, it was where I felt I knew what was going on, not at the absolute granular level, but I knew enough that if somebody asked me a question, I could answer it. And I knew where we were going because that meant I could also have input. I don't even think it's knowing. I think it's understanding. Right. Right. I think like, cause I, I, I know a lot, right. I know, I don't know everything, but I know a lot, but it's, 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 it's not people that say, Hey, we are going to do a, B and C. No, this is why we're doing a, B and C. And so, cause when you have that level of understanding, you can almost, you can, you can sometimes formulate why we're doing something else. And from a, from a people perspective, a human perspective, yeah. if I'm telling you why we're doing something, it means I, I care and trust you. Yeah. It means I trust yeah. you. I yeah. trust you enough to give you this information right. that you're going to hold and, and move forward with it. Right. And if I feel that you as the leader trust me as the team member, then I'm going to turn around and trust you and give you my best. As opposed to the people that hoard information, that's telling me you don't trust me, which means I don't trust you. And then we're going down the spot. Or or even <laughs> it's, it's another one hits is like if you're not telling them, people start to make up their own views. Oh yeah. You talk that's where you, you know that that it's like, oh, do you, do you you got this you got this high level here and they're not they share about, you know, two levels deep, but you got this other people that are like are guessing. So what do we do as humans again? We start to assume. That's right. Right? And then now we we were making up whole other things, and then this guy that here talks to the lower level guy, and he was like, "No, that's that's not why." Well, now, but it takes millions and hundreds of hours to figure out 
while we're missing the mark. And especially from where I retired from, I would see information that I knew, and this was part of my job and, and where I was working basically was because you still are connected to people at the ground level. So I would see information. It was like a game of telephone. It would start here. And by the time it reached the boss's ears in the big meeting, it had been filtered beyond recognition. And it's because everybody along the way was assuming. But they spent on it, yeah. Well, they were assuming they knew what the boss wanted. Because so, nobody told them what the intent was. And when you have organizations like that, they're, they could end up in the wrong direction just based off the fact that the information coming from the ground level it, or, you know, that ground truth is not real truth. That it's it's been filtered so many times it's not true anymore. I never under you know, because though you know, no one never taught me. Like they said, you did have you read the commander's intent? Have you read the boss's intent? Do you know the boss's intent? And nobody they, they make you read, but they don't tell you why it's important. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, oh I, yeah, I read it. Here's my initial, here's our checklist. I, I did another check in the box, but has anyone and it's, it, it takes me back to somebody and a good friend of yours, General Love. First place, this is a, this is a two star general. I check in. He takes me and the other staff he sells of, of the special staff sits us in the conference room and comes and teaches us his intent. That ain't never happened in, in twenty some twenty two some years of my Marine Corps career, and it I understood. I literally, I was so empowered with that information. So I, I but then it, it made sense, and then I started to realize. Why everywhere else I was didn't work because we didn't get it, right? And he, the biggest thing about him, what I remember is, which was huge for me, is like we all work together. No matter if we know each other or not, we all have the same drive, the same direction, the same mission, and how we interact with each other, right, will determine what we produce together. It was all about togetherness, what I remember about him. And that was so powerful for me because he took the time to actually help me understand why and answer questions that people didn't that we would never get to never get to have. And not at every level you can do that, but you can filter it down and and make PowerPoints or emails and saying, "Okay, I want you to share this with the team, and I, this is how I want you to implement it." The, the thing mm -hmm. I think there is a great point. If imagine yourself sitting in that room and you get the commander's intent from the commander himself or from the boss. Yeah. But then you go and sit with your team and give that same, same type of discussion yep. to them. And that passion that I just gave it. Yeah. That's right. That's how things filter all the way down and everybody's on the same sheet of music. You heard it from the boss's ears. Now, obviously the boss doesn't have time to talk to 45,000 people, but if the boss talks to, I think about it as a Christmas tree, you know, and each it's, there's very small at the top. And as it filters down, right. If everybody's, you know, hearing it from the person above them, now this goes contrary to what I was saying before, where I would see information that would come up to the boss. It had been filtered so much that it was not but that's, true but anymore. But I think that's, but that's that again. That comes back to the the, the culture. It does, and yeah. a lot of that is ego driven. Correct. People along the you know the negative. This side is what of I it. know. What I was, but you wouldn't you wouldn't really involved in the first place. But those those are huge things, man. That's that's <laughs> there's a. I'm pretty sure. We could keep going on this one forever, right? Because because uh, the one thing about lessons learned, you keep learning the lessons, and and sometimes relearning, <laughs> relearning the. I, I hear stuff that I I thought I had figured out, 
And then I hear it again. I'm like, mm, I still was doing it wrong, right? Or just a different perspective. Yeah. So, guys, again, we appreciate everything that you do. That you, do. I say you do that. I mean, listen to us, share us with your friends, and things like that. But like, we are never um, too old or too or too young to to learn, right? Uh, and we just have to understand that we can we can do more. We can be more. We just have to choose to do it. It's a constant journey. If you're if you're not constantly trying to learn and better yourself, then then you're just going to become stagnant. Yeah. Appreciate you guys. Until next time, uh, we out of here. See ya. See ya.